Welcome to episode 46. This episode, I was going to talk about the empath. I recorded a video for YouTube over the weekend on the empath and codependency and the narcissist. And I wanted to take that, explore it a little bit further. But as I was mulling over a few things, I read a response to a post and it took me down a completely different route. To be honest, they probably will all be linked as, as everything links together. But I want to talk about taking responsibility for our healing. I'm gonna talk about the rubber band and how the caterpillar isn't able to skip stages to become a butterfly. And I'm gonna sneak in a bit about its DNA because that is just so fascinating. Welcome to the Mind Fuckery podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth, author of Finding Lily and the A to Z of emotional abuse. I'm here to remind you that love should be unconditional. Divorcing emotionally is life-changing and that you have a duty of care to yourself. Each week, I will discuss some of the terms you may hear along this journey and I will help you understand and process what's happening. I will help you find the best habits as you start to take back the control of your own life and learn the tools to heal on a deeper level, becoming the best version of yourself. Personally, I believe it's really healthy to take responsibility for the roles that we play in any situation or relationship. And I'm hoping that I can explain why. If you're listening and you're left feeling that's rubbish, please message me personally. This isn't about me wanting to trigger anyone. The video I recorded over the weekend was about empaths and I wanted to expand a little more on that in the podcast. But this subject came up, but I have this feeling it's going to intertwine. And one of the things I did want to cover was whether an empath was created or whether they were born an empath. Some will have been born into a unit that is nurturing and an environment that supports them, whereas others don't have that support system. They become the support system of the family. They, this is where they fine tune all of their skills and where the atmosphere changes, even by an eighth of a degree, they will notice it. They'll notice that something's wrong. They know if they leap into action that they can change the outcome or that they know they need to be running for safety. And it doesn't matter how many times they say, but it wasn't me or I wasn't there, they're not heard. And a child living in this environment learns to put others' needs above their own. They learn to become the sponge for everyone who walks into their life. They are the shock absorbers. They may start every sentence with, it's okay, let's see what we can do about this. And personally, I believe it's inevitable that they will experience emotionally abusive relationships or toxic relationships as a way to heal themselves and that ripple effect. And I'm going to cover a bit more about that shortly. So are you an empath? See, I knew the two would intertwine. Coming out of this type of relationship brings pain, but it also brings an awakening. You can play the victim, but the abuser is going to do that so well. It is the only way they know how to function. This is their default function uh, setting. If in doubt, drop to the floor shouting out loudly, look, look what they've done to me. With one eye open, have you seen this? Because I have many a time. One eye open, checking out who's watching their performance and believing it. I've lost count of the, t the different people that have done that. Maybe not to the floor. You are the victim, not just from this relationship, but perhaps this comes from your whole life. This is why I say 
when you pick up the pieces, you feel whole. And this might be the first time in your life that you've ever felt that way. As you start to create the life that you were born to live, it starts to feel very odd. You may have felt something was missing or part of you is missing. Or perhaps you even felt that you were born into the wrong family. It is your responsibility for everything from this point. The pain that you're in is a guide to where the wounding that you have experienced is, where you're holding it in your body. Much like a physical wound, and I'm absolutely serious, it's like you can't see the bruises. They're inside you. This pain is real. Emotional trauma is very real. And this now is about taking responsibility for the role that you played in the relationship and claiming back your power. This is different from saying, this is all my fault. If only I'd said, if only I'd done, if only I hadn't done, we'd still be together. This is about taking responsibility and saying, I saw the red flags. I believed the lies over my intuition. I personally saw the red flags. I wanted to run more than once. I believed the lies. Part of me wanted to because not believing them meant that the relationship was over, which I had wanted only four weeks before I was really, really hooked in and I couldn't get out. But after four weeks of intense love bombing, it was a fear inside of me. And my reaction was coming from a a wound and it wasn't coming from my gut. I had turned my poor intuition off and I'd done it so many times. And there were so many times it had tried to save me, but there was something always overriding it. I always had an excuse for the behaviour. It was his awful childhood. It was the various relationships. And I made excuses and I can now take responsibility for doing that. I can be honest with myself. This is a crucial point. I can be really honest with myself. And I couldn't have done that at the beginning when the relationship came to an end. I met somebody yesterday and we were talking about counselling and it was something that she wants to get into. And I said to her, it is a great modality to a point. And I saw a counsellor for a few months and when relationship was a few months actually after the relationship had finished. And he said to me during one of the sessions, hang on a minute, so many weeks ago, you said to me how amazing this person was, how amazing they were to you. But what you're telling me today is a completely different story. He was actually a really amazing counsellor. I saw another one uh, before him, but the distance just made it difficult for us to continue. Uh, I asked her one day if she thought that my ex was a narcissist and she said she couldn't tell me. And I said that I'd been trying to understand what happened and this term kept coming up. And she used to talk to me about the women uh, that he had, that he was surrounded by, and she used to call them his harem. And she wanted, she did want me to get closure. She helped me and she encouraged me to get the closure. Unfortunately, looking back, it was the wrong way of doing it. It kept me trapped in a cycle for much longer. Counselling is really helpful. It helps you process what happened, but it doesn't remove the trauma. You need to go deeper. My body knew there was something wrong, but it craved to be seen and it craved to be heard. And that's how I overrode that intuition that wanted to protect me. And at some point, I abandoned myself and I can now take the responsibility for that. However, 
the result of the relationship actually meant a deep, intense healing. And it was the trigger for an extraordinary metamorphosis. You may have experienced not even good enough parenting and the wounding they pass down like a baton. We're all a product of the environment that we grow up in and it is likely that the tribe who raised you did so from the rules of the tribe before them or that blending of tribes when two tribes come together and there was a blending of tribes before that that passed on a set of rules and this is our family tree for generations the rules are passed down but also comes with that trauma as a parent we need to adapt to the environment we are nurturing our children in. It doesn't mean that we give our children everything because somebody else has it. It does mean showing them boundaries, what they are and how to enforce them. And it includes allowing them to be themselves and the person that they were born to be. We do need to protect them, but we also need to be aware that some of our tribe's rules are outdated. And I believe that when we do this healing, you're healing wounds from your ancestral line. Generations going backwards, but you're also doing the generations ahead of you, the ones that are yet to be born. Your healing clears the trauma on a bigger scale than you could ever imagine. And then there's the people around you that are watching you from a distance, that are watching you in your group, that are seeing you heal, that are seeing you change your life. A caterpillar can't miss out any steps to become a butterfly. And I love this because researchers discovered that when the butterfly emerged, it hadn't been a total breakdown during that metamorphosis stage. So when the caterpillar is ready for its transformation, it glues itself into a place of choice and its outer skin starts to split open, showing this harder coating. And whilst this is all happening on the outside, the caterpillar is having a full and complete breakdown on the inside. And if you were to break open that casing as that's happening, there's this gloopy substance that would seep out. The caterpillar then reforms and turns into a butterfly. It doesn't just grow wings on the body of the caterpillar, it has a complete breakdown. When it's ready, it starts to push out of its shell, this harder casing, and then it rests for a while. But what researchers discovered was that although it broke down completely to change its form, it did actually remember who it was before it became a butterfly. They took some caterpillars and they taught and trained them in some way. I don't think actually it said anything about what they did in the research or how they did it. I think it said something about tricks. When the butterfly emerges, it continues with the same behaviours it had as a caterpillar. I just, it amazes me, this, this whole transformation. And coming out of an emotionally abusive relationship, to me, is that transformation. If you're ready to do that, because it's so easy to try and skip a stage, to ignore the wounding that's happened, to gloss over it, to find another relationship, to drink too much wine or whatever you drink, to eat too much food, to hide away. There are so many different ways that you can try and pretend this didn't happen or change it. You can stay in the state of being hurt. There are so many different ways, but by bypassing this stage, you're never gonna get 
to opening up and stretching your wings. That total breakdown that happens is a healing process and it's transforming. So where are you on your journey? As I said, I believe it's your responsibility for what you do next. It's your responsibility. And you might have heard me say before how our childhood creates our reality. And it's that the first seven to eight years of our life where our belief system is created. So what we hear and what we see, we take on as the truth. And think about it, if you're a child a young child, how would you know any different? You do not have the ability as a three-year-old to think, hmm, that isn't right, she shouldn't be saying that to me, or hmm, that isn't right, he shouldn't be doing that to me. You believe that the people around you whose care you've been put into know what they're doing, but there's a high chance that they're just repeating the patterns, working within the parameters and the rules of the tribe that gave them, that were passed down to them. It's a really hard process. It's hard at any point and when you're coming out of this relationship trying to make huge big changes is difficult it's really hard to set maybe goals or looking at certain areas of your life particularly if you've been told a different story the gaslighting that happens in these relationships has you doubting everything if you think about a rubber band for a moment if you think about if you stretched it out what happens when you let that go And it depends how you're holding it. It might just drop onto the surface below it or it might ping across the room. But it goes back into the shape that it was. And you might experience this with your healing. You might have some brilliant ideas or you want to do something, but you always spring back. Too scary. You've been told not to do it. You've been told you're not worthy. You've been told so many different things. And then you start to think that the healing isn't working or there's something wrong with you. But if you look at that rubber band and you compare it to a brand new one that hasn't been stretched, you might see that it does look slightly bigger or a slightly different shape. This is about making, taking small steps towards what you want. These small steps aren't as scary. And also think about a baby who's learning to walk. How many times do they attempt to get up and fall down, pull themselves up and are able to stand. And then eventually one day they're able to put one foot in front of another and then two, one after the other. And before you know it, they're running around. You might fall down a few times. Remember, if you try and force something, it either breaks or it comes back and hits you in the face. And this is the time with this healing is to lean in, to ground, to breathe. And as I said, I had honest conversations with myself. One of them was when I really wanted to reach out and I was in pain. And this was a long time after we'd separated. And I remember sitting down and actually I didn't. I laid down on my bed and I had a conversation with myself and I asked myself what it was that I really wanted. What did I want at that point? I spoke to the three-year-old that was inside me and I had an honest conversation with her. Have an honest conversation with yourself. Where can you take responsibility? That three-year-old just wanted attention. She wanted a hug. She just wanted somebody to wrap her arms around her and tell her everything was going to be okay. And I was able to do that as part of the reparenting. And I was able 
to move forward because that was a huge turning point. Where can you take responsibility? It doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be a huge one to start with. But when you can say things like, yes, I saw the red flags, but I stayed because, and it might be that you were scared of losing the attention. It might be that you didn't know how to live on your own. It might be that you were really lonely and you were enjoyed the good times. The moment you stop excusing the bad behaviour, you'll start to feel a shift and it might even feel a little bit disrespectful towards the abuser. And that might be a behaviour that you learned from a younger age and it will have been reinforced by the gaslighting from the emotional abuser, the narcissist, whatever label that you want to give them. You don't have to say this out loud or to anybody else, just to yourself. The most important person in your life at this moment, after perhaps maybe children, is you. Be honest with yourself and start taking responsibility for the next chapter in your life. I put in my group a couple of weeks ago, what, it might have been last week, what's this next chapter in your life called? Have a think about it. If you have a think about it and you can put a name to it, can you write the first paragraph? Can you write the first couple of pages? If you'd like me to hold your hand through this process, please reach out. You can either email me or you can book an appointment via the links on my website. I hope you have found this podcast helpful. It is about taking responsibility. It's about saying, yeah, this happened to me. Yes, I saw this. Yes, I I knew there was something not quite right with this relationship. I overrode it. I overrode those emotions, those feelings. But no more. I now take responsibility for my healing. I take responsibility for creating a new life, a new chapter and sending you loads and loads of love until next time.